Let's look at Psalms 50 real quick tonight. I'll, I'll try not to be long. Psalms chapter number 50. Let's stand. We'll read the, the psalm and then pray and ask God to help us, and then we'll try to preach. The Bible said, Praise you the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I want to talk for just a minute tonight, if God will help me, on the doctrine of praise. Heavenly Father, God, I pray for just a few minutes, Lord, that you'd take us. I know that, God, I can't, I can't do it like the preacher does. Lord, I, I don't have the, the mental capacity, Lord, to stand and say the things that he'd say. Lord, nonetheless, you've called me to be a vessel. Lord, I pray that, God, that you'd help us to pour out of us what you've put in us. God, tonight that we'd stand and preach, not enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to be comfortable with being ourselves. Lord, help us just to preach, God. I I pray that, uh, Lord, it might touch our hearts and every one of us tonight leave changed. Lord, challenged, charged, better to be used of you. Lord, no, no, maybe somebody's lost. I don't know. If they is, Lord, I pray that you'd deal with their heart. God, tonight be the night they get saved. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I, I want to talk to us just for a few minutes about praise. Y'all got to singing there. And uh, this was nowhere on my radar is what I would preach tonight. And uh, during the singing, I, I just the Lord began to deal my heart and begin to feel in my heart that this is where he'd have me to go. The only place I've ever preached this is at my church. And I, I, I'm hoping it'll go well here. We'll see. But uh, I want to talk to us tonight about praise. What we've done tonight, we've already engaged in some praise to the Lord. Uh, the singing and lifting up of our voices in the Lord and giving praise unto Him for what He has done. I'm thankful that I'm saved. Amen. If God had done nothing else for me besides uh, delivering me from the damnation of hell, that would be enough for me to rejoice in. Amen. Here in the text in verse 6, he says this, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I first want to bring to our attention tonight the reason for our praise. Why is it that we should praise the Lord? Uh, Number one, we should do it because we're commanded to. We're commanded to praise. I believe tonight I'm in a church where most of the people sitting here in the building believe that we ought to do what God's Word says. We believe that it's a lamp to our feet and a light in our path. It's a bread that is nourishment to our soul. It, it helps sustain us in, in the day-to-day walk with the Lord. And, and it illuminates things that we need light on. And, and I'm thankful for His Word. But, 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 but sometimes there's things that it says that I just I have a hard time doing. Not that my spirit doesn't necessarily want to do it, but my flesh, it embarrasses my flesh. And the thing about praise is this, is if you're going to do it biblically, it's going to embarrass your flesh. 
you don't have to do it like I do necessarily, and you don't have to do it like others do, but you're commanded to praise the Lord. And there ought to be sometimes, some fashion, somewhere, where there's an outward expression of the inward work that God's done in your heart. Praise the Lord. And so he said, he said, we're commanded to praise. But then I, I, even if I wasn't commanded to praise, I'd have to say, secondly, there's a cause to praise. We, I, thank God it's mine. I have, <laughs> amen. I've got a home in glory. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. I've got the person of the Holy Ghost dwelling out on the inside of me. I've got the Word of God, the Scriptures. I'm surrounded by the saints that strengthen and encourage me. God's answered prayers in my life. And God's been good to me. Has God been good to you? Has God ever answered a prayer? Has God ever met a need? Has God ever done anything for you? Oh, friend, it's right. It's right. It's right to praise the Lord. It's right to praise the Lord. He's good to us. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. It's what they cry in the heavens. And there when we get there, we'll join in the heavenly chorus. A crying worthy, worthy, worthy. Holy, holy, holy. A glory, glory, glory. A wife, friend. Because worthy is the Lamb tonight. There's a cause to praise Him. I could preach on that for 45 minutes. I could. Because I've got a lot of cause. He saved me. I was on that broad road of destruction, bound for a devil's hell. And the wrath of God was abiding on my soul. It wasn't a matter of if I was going, I was well on my way. And the sentence of sin was being carried out in my life and will be through all eternity. Had not God stepped in and gloriously saved my soul. There's a cause to praise Him for saving me, for the things He's provided for me. I mean, I don't deserve to get to wear this nice tan suit. Thank you. Took three tent makers to sew this, Brother Toby. I don't deserve the, the, I mean, anything in the Bible that was blessed was fat. I mean, I can't deny the goodness of the Lord. I couldn't ever wanted to. God's been so good to me. I've got a home that's far nicer than I deserve. I've got a vehicle that was able to get me here tonight. Amen. I ain't good today. Got fed well. I mean, all the many physical blessings of life. As far as I know, my family's healthy. My boy's healthy. God, God gave me a son. He didn't have to give me any children, but He gave me a son. I mean, God's just done things that He didn't have to do. He's blessed in ways He didn't have to bless. He's met needs He didn't have to meet. He's answered prayers He didn't have to answer. Hey, God's been good to me. Got cause to praise Him. There's a cause. There's a reason for our praise. Then I want to go through through this real quick if I can and get down to, to the message. I, I want to talk about not just the reason, but the rendering of our praise. See, the reality is, is not that, that just that everybody is commanded to praise the Lord, but everybody has the ability to praise the Lord. You may not have ever done it, but you can. 
And maybe, just maybe, I know around my place there's a lot of times where I'm preaching to people that it's the first time they've ever been in a church. It's the first time they've ever heard the gospel. They don't, they don't understand what all this is about. Brother, when you've got to shout, I like that. That's my kind. Any time throughout the message tonight you want to shout, let her rip, son. You ain't gonna bother me a bit. But, but some of my folks will break nervous. Because they hadn't ever seen nothing like that. And, they, you know, Dylan makes them nervous. Dylan's a shouter and a runner. And the other night or the other morning, I noticed Dylan, it got to getting real good. And Dylan just real calmly walked down and went to the back door, took out the back door. And then you could see his shadow going around the building. And then he come back in and took his suit together and sat down like nothing ever happened. And that's all right. But, but it makes some folks nervous. But it shouldn't make you nervous. You don't have to do that. But you should do something. You should praise the Lord. And you can praise the Lord. There's seven Hebrew words of praise. Now, I'm not a Bible corrector. I'm not a Bible corrector. But I did find this very interesting. Uh, when when I, I, another preacher brought it to my attention, seven, seven Hebrew words of praise found in our Bible. And... Uh, I'm, is it all right if I just go through and give those seven real quick and, and then talk about uh, what, what I think it means for us tonight? Uh, number one, the, the first word is, is yada. Now, I'm not Hebrew. I don't know anybody that's Hebrew. I can't speak Hebrew. Uh, I mean, if I had a coffee shop, I'd probably name it Hebrew. That's my extent. But I, I do have books and, and, and looked up what these words meant. And I may pronounce them wrong, but I know these meanings are correct. In this word yada, it comes, it's really where we get the word Judah as well. And it means this, it means to extend a hand, to throw out the hand, to worship with the extended hand, to lift the hands. It's going to look something like this, or something like this. There's not always or don't have to be an expression from the from the lips. There does not always have to be a, something vocal to go along with it. But but to do this, according to what they said, you raise the hand toward the Lord. And what you're saying to Him is He's worthy and you're unworthy. That you submit and He's sovereign. That He's high and holy and we're just meek and lowly. Oh, and we lift our hands to him. The illustration of this is seen in Genesis 29 between Leah and Jacob. Jacob loves Rachel, but Leah loved Jacob. And she gives him some sons. And all she wants, when God opens her womb, all she wants to do is to catch the eye of Jacob. And she has a son, she names him uh, uh, Reuben. And she has another son, and she names him uh, Simeon. Has another son and names him Levi. But with each one of these sons, Jacob never turns his attention towards her. When it comes to Reuben, she she says, "I, I want Jacob to look at me. When it comes to Simeon, she's saying, I want Jacob to listen to me. When it comes to Levi, what she's saying when she names him Levi is this, I want him to long for me. But then there comes a point where she realizes that the attention of Jacob I mean, appeals into comparison to the favor that she has found in God. And she realizes that the opening of the womb and the blessing of her children were 
were not just of the seed of Jacob, but of the divine hand of God working in her life. And so she has another son, and she names him Judah, because she has come to the place where she's decided that if Jacob won't love her, she'll just be satisfied in the fact that God does. Amen. Amen. I like that. She's at the end of herself. And she just throws up her hands. Says, I can't do it. I'm just going to praise you, Lord, because you've been good to me. And number two, uh, the word toda. It comes from a similar uh, root word of yada, but it's more specifically the raising of the hand or the adoration of a person by the lifting of a hand or the vowing of a person by the lifting of a hand and a statement of truth. The picture that we would be familiar with in our culture is when you go into court of law and they make you put your hand on on a book they probably call it a Bible, probably probably some New King James or something. Have you raised a hand and you make a vow to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? If you're not familiar with that, maybe you've seen it in churches where somebody will raise their hand they'll say, Amen. That's right, preacher. Say on, man of God. Are you familiar with me tonight? And that's what that word is, and that's what that, that, that word means. And it's when you raise your hand and you declare that, that man, there's, a, there's some truth that's being spoken. Aren't you glad for truth tonight? Uh, John 17, 17, sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. Uh, the writer said, buy the truth and sell it not. I want to say tonight that I thank God for truth. I thank God for the truth. I like it when the man of God gets up and preaches uh, and begins to tell the truth. Don't you? Uh, the liberals don't tell the truth. Uh, the media don't tell the truth. Uh, politicians don't tell the truth. But aren't you thankful tonight? Amen for a leathered lung preacher that will mount a pulpit till the Holy Ghost uh, and begin to preach. Uh, well, friend, if you enjoy it every once in a while, raise your hand up and say, Amen, preacher. That's right. Amen. It'll help him. It'll help him. Number three, Sabak. It's a moment. That's that's the moment where you just have to shout. Each one of these are illustrated in the psalm we read tonight. I'm going to get back to it in a minute. But God's people's always been shouting people. If loud church makes you nervous, you're really going to not like heaven. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Loud church makes you nervous. You're going to be, I mean, I don't know. Maybe God will put you on Hush Hush Avenue. I don't know. I want to be on Hallelujah Boulevard. Amen. But hey, there's a lot of folks, they, they, they don't mind to get loud at a lot of things. I mean, I'm in Knoxville. Yeah, my team's done put out. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in mourning, sackcloth and ashes. But I, I, I've got folks at my church that when, when 
when I preach, when God gets to moving in there, they, they sit there big-eyed and just watch and look. And they must like it because they keep coming back. But I've never seen them get in on it. And they're kind of more of the quiet kind of people. And I get that. That's okay. But we were watching uh, Tennessee play Saturday. And it was early on in it and something happened and, and they got real excited. I'm talking about this same crowd got real excited. We was all sitting together. Man, they, they jumped up and, and, and yelled real loud and excited because of what happened and clapped their hands. I mean, I've got Bible for what I'm talking about. It's, it's found in Psalms 144, uh, 145.4, I, I, and I've got a whole bunch of other, li- I, I'm leaving out a whole lot for time's sake, but I can run a whole bunch of verses for each of these words. And God's people's always been a shouting people. And in the reality, and I'm not saying it's gotta happen in church always. I, I've done it going down the road. I've been driving down the road and listening to the McCamies or somebody. Amen. Or some old preacher preaching. And, uh, and the Lord just sat her down in the truck with me. And, and man, just get to get to crying and weeping and try to keep it in the road. And, and then I'll try this. And then, boy, that's good, but it don't get it all out. And so then I'll do this and drive with my knee and, and, and cry hallelujah. And then that don't get it out. And so I just got to begin to shout and war hoot and praise God. And why? Because is worth. I've got a cause to. I've got a reason to rejoice. And this ain't getting it out. And this ain't getting it out. And so I'll finally just let go and let my inhibitions go and just lift my voice and cry, worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, and old, see, I grew up in a shouting church. Miss Smith. Sit right behind me. I'll never forget my, our seat. Our church had two rows of pews. And our family sat in the second pew back from the front over on this side. And I would get in there and I'd play with my Legos. I mean, I'd be in there and I'd be playing my Legos. And I'd still kind of be paying attention, but I'd be, I'd be building something, you know. Doing something down there, and I'd hear it start getting good. And I'd, I'd start watching. Looking around, I'd, I'd peek up and look around, and I'd get back down. And then it's, uh, it, another wave would come through. It usually comes through in waves. You ever notice that? And, uh, wouldn't be long. I'd be there, and I'd, uh, I'd hear some tapping, and I'd look under, and Miss Smith's feet would start doing this right here. And then she'd get to doing this right here. Just, I mean, just as fast as she could clap them little old hands. And then when she adds all she could handle and the little stomping of the feet and the clapping of the hands wasn't enough, son, she'd ride her back and she'd stand up. And I'm talking about both hands, ride her back, double on and just shout, whoa! I mean, let her go. Bobby pins go flying everywhere. I mean, why do folks act like that? Why? Because, number one, the Bible teaches us to act like that. But because when God touches us, we can't help but act like that. Amen. I remember, I ain't never told this in church. I remember when Cindy had her stroke and I was driving back and forth to Jamestown. 
and I was struggling with a lot of things in my mind, wondering how things were going to work out, wondering what was going to happen, what we was going to do. And I was driving back and forth, and it was a pretty long drive. I'd drive three hours back and forth. I'd work three days a week. And I worked it out with the school system where they let me work three days a week. So I'd drive back and forth those three days. I'd get up real early in the morning, drive three hours to Jamestown, I'd stay there at school, get off school, drive three hours back to Chattanooga and sleep in a reclining bed there at the Erlanger Hospital, the Siskin Habilitation Hospital. And, and I, I remember being real heavy, Kevin, because I, I, I just, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I mean, there was so much from every rich direction, just, just warring on my soul. And I thought, man, I can't stay in the ministry. I've got a family I'm going to have to take care of. I can't, I can't do this. And I, I, what am I going to do about that? And, and man, just torn it. And I didn't, there wasn't a radio playing. I wasn't listening to nobody. I was just talking to the Lord just like he was sitting there. And I was just telling him about everything that was going wrong. I was telling him about all the heaviness of my heart and all that I, I just couldn't handle no more. And I just let it all go and giving it all to him. And man, he began to just, I, I, listen, you all may think I'm goofy. I don't care. I, the Lord sat down in that vehicle with me and met with me. I, I remember pulling over on the side of the road and getting out and standing there on the top. Amen. On that mountain. I, on 111 on the side of the highway and raising my hands to glory and shouting with all I had because I knew no matter what was falling apart in my life. He was falling apart in his hands. And he hadn't let go. And he wasn't about to. And God's able to take my mess and turn it into a masterpiece. And I can trust him. I can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him tonight. Shout. Then there's the Barack. Not not Obama. This word is usually seen in a time of prayer. Because reality is not all praise is a shout. Not all praise is loud. But all praise is right. It's the humbling yourself before God. It's kneeling to yield or submit. To physically yield before God. It's bowing before him and saying, God, if everything falls apart, it'll fall apart with me trusting you, with me submitting to you, with me living for you, for me looking and leaning on you. Lord, I'm at the end of myself, and if I make it, I'll only make it because of you. I'm going to trust in you. The end of the service so often, and even during the service, we as pastors encourage folks to use an altar. We encourage folks to use an altar. Like this area here. To bow. In case anybody wondered, hadn't used it, and didn't know, this is that area. Just in case you hadn't, you know, maybe couldn't locate it on the diagram. The facilities. This is it. So now you know where it is. That can't be an excuse. But I, but I know a lot of folks look at it as a place where if I go, if I go pray, everybody's going to think something's wrong. Well, there's something wrong if you're worried about what everybody thinks. 
And am I allowed to get down and walk around? I am, ain't I? Yeah, but some places. Come pray. There's been times where I've come and prayed because I was broke. I needed help. And I needed to spread it before the Lord. I needed, I needed to, to just, just bear it all to Him. And so I bowed before Him. I surrendered. I submitted to Him. There's times where I've come to the same place. And I wasn't broke, but I was blessed. Just got to overwhelming and, 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 and I didn't feel the shout, but I, but I felt to, to, to just humble myself and bow before him. And so I just, I fall into altar because I'm blessed. Nothing wrong with bowing before him. Nothing, listen, you say, well, I can't, I can't bow in an altar, preacher. I'm old and, and I, you know, my knees don't work and I can't, and I, and, I, and that's, yeah, that happens. I'm not against the June cut set right here. I mean, these front pews are usually open at my place. I don't know about here. Nobody likes to sit in a splash zone unless they're at SeaWorld. But that moving and then submitting is an expression of praise. Zamar means to make music accompanied by the voice. Psalms 21 put it this way. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength, so we will sing and praise thy power. That's what we did earlier. So what we did earlier was an expression of praise. And and then, real quickly, uh, Tehillah, if I'm saying it correctly. And that's, that's the song... But it's without music. To sing with no accompaniment. You ever been in a meeting and the song leader or somebody will look over at the musicians and they'll do something like that. And, and you'll continue to sing the same song, but you'll go and it'll be nothing but the voice of God's people. And have you ever, have you ever felt God breathe on a place when that happens? Why, why is it? Because it's a biblical form of praise. And then the last one is this, Hallel, which is seen in our text. And it means this, to boast wildly, deliriously, as intoxicated, to act madly, to act like a madman. And that's the one that gets us. You know why that gets us? No, nobody really bucked up tonight on when I was preaching about doing this. As a matter of fact, a lot of you did it with me. Or when I did this and said amen, several of you said amen. And even when I got talking about bowing in the altar or, or even shouting, most of you was okay with other people doing it. But this one, this, this is one of them come apart. You know what I mean? What, what, what them old timers called a man, he had to come apart. What's that mean? I mean, he'd come apart for he'd come apart. When, when you shout, and them boys, you've been in meeting and them boys go to running laps, or they get to waving hankies, or, 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 or something that, that doesn't make sense. It's how David acted. 
That's how David acted when they bought the ark back. He danced before the Lord. And everybody... She didn't like it, did she? No, she she didn't like it a bit because she thought David was out, out of order. In most Baptist churches, if you cut a fit like what I'm talking about tonight, most of them would think it's out of order. I want to declare tonight they're out of order. And most of them are going out of business. Listen, church, hear me well. You want to stay in business? You, it's everybody else seems to try to find liberal ways, uh, I mean, to keep the people in the pews. But yet, look in here tonight. Hey, there ain't no shortage, Frank God. Uh, on a Monday night, the house of God's got God's people in it. Uh, why is that? Because you have not failed to activate uh, a praise in this place. You see, because the message is this. It's not just the reason and not just surrendering, but the result of our praise. Tonight, you know why you should praise Him. Now, tonight, you know how you can praise Him, biblically. You say, well, preacher, I don't do it any of those ways. Well, you're not doing it biblically. Don't get mad. I didn't write it. The result of our praise... I can run you through the scriptures. I'm not going to. I'm just going to give you my points. Number one, praise draws sinners. It draws their attention. What's wrong with him? Why is he acting? We had a brother Garrett, Walter Garrett. He's going on to be the Lord. And he drove an old Cadillac car, big old long thing. And it was tattooed with Bible verses. I mean, the whole car was covered. I mean, front, but it didn't matter where it was at. He had Bible verses all over it. If you met him, he had gospel tracts in his pocket. And he always had something good to say about the Lord and something good to say about his neighbor. And if you went in it, you'd go in Walmart if he was in the store. If you go in the store and he's in the store, it, it won't take very long. If he's in there, you'll know he's in there. Because he'll see something that brings joy to his heart. And he'll start singing or shouting or praying. Yeah, I'm talking about one of those who make me uncomfortable. But he was right. I'm not kidding. He'd walk by. I was with him one day. We walked by and ate this, you know, Jamestown. We don't have a whole lot of selection. There's just a few little pieces of lamb there. We got to walk. We was talking. We was walking along and I was walking and he was walking by me and we were talking. He looked over and he saw that lamb and he began to weep and cry and he had a whole lot of buggy. He said, preacher, he said, that lamb there reminds me of when, when John saw him coming over. And said, behold, the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world. So he began to praise God for the darling Lamb and stood right there and raised his hands. And 96-year-old went to kicking his leg. And I mean, having himself a fit. Why? Because he'd lived 96 years in the good grace of the Lord. And had a home in heaven. And a wife waiting on him. And it was real to him. The people got to watching him. And they was looking at the lady that worked in the meat department. Man, she went to. I went back in a few weeks later. And I seen her. She came up to me. She said, Curtis, who was that was with you the other day? I said, that's Brother Garrett. That's Brother Garrett. 
And uh, she said, what was, what was wrong with him? I said, well, I said, he seen that lamb over there. And he got to thinking about the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, laying down his life for our sins. And I took that opportunity to give her the gospel. Amen. Began to tell her about it, what God did for her. And she, she, tears swelled up in her eyes. Why? Because it attracts folks. Praise attracts folks. You hear a bunch of folks being excited, you know what will happen? They'll come and see what the excitement's all about. It draws sinners. It's defeating to Satan. Praise causes you to draw nigh to God. The Bible says if you'll draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to you. But then what's the next verse say? Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Everybody wants to claim the resisting, but nobody wants to exercise what needs to take place for you to resist. If you're all the time thinking about how God's been good to you, you won't have a whole lot of room in your mind to be thinking about all the devil's trying to do to you. Amen. Oh, yes, it defeats Satan. Just try it sometime. You get to feeling depressed. You get to feeling down and out and discouraged. Somebody makes you mad. Somebody disappoints you. I don't know about you. People disappoint me sometimes. And, and, and you get the, get the thing about it. Just purpose in your heart. Just say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start praising the Lord when that happens. And then, and then do it. And see if God don't change you. Oh, it'll change you. It'll change you, brother. Don't it? Hey, man. It'll defeat the Satan. Uh, Satan. It'll draw sinners. And lastly, and I'm done, it's delightful to the Savior. You know what I like to hear when I come home? I like to, I like to hear Carson say, Daddy, is that you? And I say, yeah, it's me. He'll jump up out of that bed. He'll come running through there. He'll, he'll jump up my arm. And now he's getting so big, can't hardly catch you. He'll jump up my arms and he'll hug me. And boy, he's excited. He's excited it's me. He'll hear my, or, or, or we'll, we'll be somewhere and he'll hear my voice. I'll be, he, he goes to the Christian school there at the church and I'll come in and he'll hear me down there in the fellowship hall and he'll, he'll ask to go to the bathroom. <laughs> And he'll sneak off and run right by the bathroom and come down out of where I'm at because, because he heard my voice and he's excited and I'm excited to be with him. The Lord, he inhabits the praises of his people. Man, I've got a lot of verses I could run down, but I want you to trust me tonight. God delights in your praise. Don't you want to make God happy? Don't you want to be pleased in the Lord? And praise Him. Praise Him. It's right. It's right. It's right. You say, well, I'm afraid it'll be out of order. It ain't out of order. Praise the Lord. You ain't going to bother the preacher by praising Him. You ain't going to bother the singers. Yeah, I mean, he's a, it sounded like folks were excited about having church tonight. And I like that. I like going into the preacher revival and not having to get people excited about having it. Amen. That's usually what you spend the first three nights doing. 
Most folks don't need a revival. They need a resurrection. Amen. The Lord loves you. And you can do it. So will you? Will you praise the Lord? Well, preacher, I don't know how. You do now. The Bible, the Bible teaches, the Bible tells us how to praise the Lord. Well, when, when? Got breath? Praise the Lord. Praise Him in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament. Praise Him for His acts. Praise Him according to His greatness. Praise Him with. Praise Him with. Praise Him with. Praise Him with. There's plenty of ways to do it. Problem isn't that we can't. The problem is we don't. You know what would be good? For tomorrow, for us to determine that we're going to praise the Lord during the day before we get to church. Maybe on the job. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand.